Hi, I'm Pratap Dendi. I'm the general manager for emerging technologies and business IQ at a company called AppDynamics, which is a San Francisco-based uh, company, now part of Cisco. Welcome to the African Tech Roundup. Uh, thanks, thanks for the warm welcome and looking forward to chatting with you. So, Pratap, you, you hail from the south of India, um, India, of course, being a developing nation. We have in common the fact that we both come from developing parts of the world. Uh, please give me a sense of what, as people from the, that part of the world, we ought to be most excited about in terms of the trend towards IoT. And, you know, on the, the flip side of that, what we should have genuine concerns about in terms of perhaps some of the unsavory outcomes that might result as this trend is adopted. No, it's, it's great. Um, you know, I happened to graduate around the time that internet was, was just getting born. Uh, there were no things at that time. Now, now, now clearly internet of things. Uh, and, and just, you know, back in that time, um, growing up as a kid in developing country, um, your, your ticket um, to prosperity is really around finding a job that's that's uh, very innovative and, and and rewarding and at that time there were only you know two or three lines of career you know you either become an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer uh, but now uh, you know not just IOT but in general you know for for the generations that are growing up uh, there's a lot more opportunity and I think some of that opportunity undoubtedly is sparked by uh, broad availability of technology where you as an individual, without even getting a job, um, you can innovate. Uh, in a, back in my generation, when I was coming out of school, um, the, the first thing and the most important thing to do was actually to find a job, a job that's very well defined and probably limited to to, to few lines of um, uh, business. And I think what, what uh, Internet of Things uh, personifies is really how democratized uh, the world has become in terms of if you have an innovative idea, that could then be developed into either a business or, 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 or you know, the most fantastic um, ability for you to innovate on top of it and, and make a, a good career. And IoT particularly, uh, because it's, it's really broad, even, even for communities, developing communities, where you have a lot of natural resources, where you have a lot of um, access to um, cheap human uh, resources, uh, the idea of using that to innovate very quickly on, on broadly and generically available platforms such as the IoT uh, is, 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 is a big gift. And, and that's what I'm excited about. And so, again, that's the cotton candy, which we love, but um, it often is laced with you know, unintended or unintentionally harmful, you know, outcomes. Uh, give us a sense of, you know, what you are personally worried about or at least cognizant of in terms of some of the, the ill effects that we might experience in the developing world as this trend comes online. It's fantastic. It's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I tend to be very optimistic about, about these trends, and there's a lot of goodness about every new technology-driven trend. Uh, the, the usual downsides there are... Uh, you know, we're also seen as, as a very large demographic you know, uh, in, in, in developing nations. We're also a very rich target uh, you know, for, for monetization. And, and one of the things that, that we have to watch out for is really uh, privacy uh, and the data around, around our lifestyles. Because this day and age, what IoT allows is, is a lot of uh, sen you know, uh, sensors at, uh, at, at its, uh, economy of scale. It's not that expensive anymore uh, to have real-time data uh, coming from our communities. And to the extent that's used to better and improve our lives, that, that's great. And those are the common use cases that you hear about uh, in terms of innovation around IoT. And the downsides is really around security uh, and, and creating that, that fine line between privacy. Uh, you know, it's very, very easy 
to come up with a very cool app these days. But uh, the difference between a cool app and a creepy app is is not that much, and that's what we we have we have to be watchful for, uh, and how do we protect uh, our privacy and, and our community's privacy around it, and not be oversaturated with commercialization of it. So I heard you speak on a panel earlier, and you shared an interesting use case for the Internet of Things in your home village. Uh, I'm going to ask you to share it now and then use that as a springboard for explaining how, in a similar context anywhere else in the developing world, there's a potential for disenfranchisement in terms of uh, you know, basically impoverished communities not quite coming to terms with the implications of, you know, of what happens when they give up their data and, and really how valuable it is and how careful they ought to be when when it comes to giving it up and indeed to you know granting permissions in terms of how it's used um and also it was interesting to me that um even as an internet of things solution is rolled out in a place like your village it's not thought of in that context at all uh, you know speak to that yeah yeah absolutely i think that's, that's a great question um you know i come from andhra pradesh which is a southern um southern indian uh, um state Shout out. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's blessed with a um, lot of uh, natural resources. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, the example that I was giving earlier is uh, leveraging a IoT technology uh, whereby you capture uh, the abundance of uh, sunlight you have uh, because we're so close to the equator, we get a lot of sunlight. Uh, and, and how do you convert that into something that's very measurable? Right? This is your contribution of the uh, sunlight capture and that went into a repository. And then how do you barter that uh, for something that you don't produce or, or has less less availability and and then that's where i think leadership the local administration leadership and policy makes a big big di- difference uh we, we we're lucky to have a leader uh who is uh, not only tech savvy you know he's a, techno- a technocrat himself but he has made sure that uh, such infrastructure exists for the commonest of the common people and they don't have to go and read uh, iot for dummies uh, to be able to capture that um, solar power and exchange that uh, collection for something that's that's you know groceries or, or or, or, or fuel. Uh, and they made it very simple with the help of a policy that's administered locally in that village uh, so that it's 100% visible to everybody. And the transparency of, of that kind of capture is also very valuable because, you know, you don't need to teach people uh, if you can show the value, right? So, uh, you know, my neighborhood, um, you know, the, the local villagers waking up and, and looking at how much energy did they actually uh, collect through their solar panel roof. Uh, it's, it's accessible through the Internet, the least common denominator for them through a mobile app or or a, or, or, or a browser every day they check on it uh, they're very proud of it and they also uh, track where, where their project is in terms of maturity that, so that's a perfect example of where when you have uh, a demographic that is very ready uh, for those enablers the technology could actually become very invisible you know you don't really need to have a course in the technology to the extent it's already giving you value and, and I think it's a combination of uh, the people's interest but also importantly the, the policy and, and leadership around it so this is a, a perfect example of a win-win situation where, um, I mean, there's obvious, you know, value in terms of the, you know, the people participating or enabling or allowing this technology to harvest data and benefit commercially, etc. Um, I think, you know, speak to some of the cynics who, who are concerned that many of the commercial interests that drive big business to, uh, to pursue this trend Many of their motives aren't necessarily geared towards a win-win situation for the average villager, villager in, in your village or the average farmer in my country. Uh, that's true. And, and I think that's where I think the emphasis on keeping it transparent, because you know, we, we live in a world where all of this data is being captured. Now, um, 
through a policy, making that data visible real time uh, is, is, is a big change, a uh, big, big transformation there because now people know that's the, the demand for it. Uh, they actually want to see it at a real-time basis. And they start to understand the value of their data in, in the context of you know, commercialism. A- absolutely. And, and I think that, that, is, that is the role that the local policy plays as well. And I visited China last year and, and they have they've made a lot of strides in there. Because, you know, if you look at it, those developing nations, um, their resources and human resources is their wealth right and natural resources around them is their wealth uh, you know 100 years ago it's ironic we were sitting in the the tobacco docks uh, you know a relic of uh, colonialism past uh, but now you know it, b- back then that visibility and transparency didn't exist right so i thought of, hang on i thought about hang on a moment man you know that zimbabwe to this day continues to be a major tobacco producer and i'm just i was struck walking through here that bales and bales of that stuff from my country easily came through here sitting in it and, and this is this is the stockpile this used to be their stock rooms and we're comfortably cozily sitting here but i think what lacked at that time is really what you mentioned i think intelligence was always there uh, in humans what we didn't have is the information and, and real-time information of how it's being used and, and who's benefiting from it is it being proportional is it is it being fair uh, i think that's changing and that's changing i think much more rapidly than we think it is uh, because the commercial interest will always they uh, always stay and, and i think that's that that's not a bad thing uh, but couple it with uh, the right policy and giving the visibility uh, to the uh, the end user and uh, letting them choose, uh, I think is massively important. And we're fortunate to live in that their world. And uh, our young ones, you know, wherever they're growing up, uh, they're lucky to be living in that in, in that area because they wake up and, and demand that. Uh, so I'm, I'm quite uh, optimistic about about the role IoT and and, and whatever other technology comes in uh, next uh, is going to play as part of the mainstream for developing nations. I'm actually quite hopeful that some of our policymakers on the continent are listening to this conversation because I personally feel like they're giving free passes to the Facebooks and the Googles of this world without close uh, introspection or at least inspection into some of the issues we're discussing here. And not to say, you know, we should turn them into enemies or de- deal with them with suspicion. I just do think there's a smart way to deal with it. That, that's it. That's just me reflecting. You know, I just want to wind down by you know you giving us a sense of your your company specifically and where in the iot value chain you feature and um and why cisco would have acquired the the business fantastic you know abdynamics is about nine years old uh it's still a very young company and was born um born around the the time of internet becoming commercially very viable and the founders had uh, this insight that you know hey look if google can index uh, every web page in the world uh, what if we index and then have um, really good um, insight into the the, the apps uh, and, and every software line that's written in the world. And that is a very simple premise that, that we started delivering on. And we think it's still very early. Uh, we've, we've done phenomenal business. We're one of the fastest growing companies uh, in history, software companies. Uh, very excited to be part of Cisco. And um, uh, what AppDynamics does continues to be uh, really the focus around application insights. Um, what we call monitoring and, and how we can leverage what we see uh, in, in real time in the application behavior so that we can share that with the users and the businesses uh, so that they can they can create a fantastic end-to-end experience for the end user. And that, that's what I was mentioning earlier in the panel. I think we have so much insight into the data right now in a runtime and apps are connecting everything. So, so we are thrilled uh, to be part of Cisco and we're looking forward to a future where all of this gets used around the world. It must be quite an interesting time to be in a business like yours given how i i'm guessing here but ai must be disrupting 
the role of you know we would have we would have expected you know the average uh, data analyst to play in you know in times past so you know speak to how you're part of a disruptive trend uh, and and how you you surf the trend of disruption within the context of say technologies that are influencing your your particular business and 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 obviously the the human resource relationships that you have to manage within it no that, that's a great question Andile. so if you look at uh, the amount of data we collect runtime real-time data uh, what it really does today and and, and you know, we have a lot of customers that talk about this uh, we had a customer here in london uh, a few weeks ago that that came to a stage and said you know uh, before app dynamics we were kind of paramedics right so when something went down an app misbehaving or a website not loading we used to run after it and then try to fix it. Now with technologies like AppDynamics, uh, they feel that they are brain surgeons. Uh, so they can actually get to the problem really, really quick without having to cause any, any, any delays uh, in the surrounding tissue, but just really focusing on what the problem is and where the problem comes from. Uh, and, and as a result of the what, does, what it does to an average professional uh, in an IT uh, role or, or even a you know, CIO is that um, you're, you're being uh, very proactive rather than reactive. So it has a lot to do with the quality of your, your work day, right? So you're, you're sitting on real-time insights um, and you can catch as, as it happens and you could, you could stay ahead of it and inform your business of good trends and the bad trends. Uh, that way you're not losing your you know, midnight sleep chasing down what happened, where, where it happened. And, and that's really what's changed uh, now. You know, if you're coming to work, uh, instead of you having to spend time on, on what, what went wrong, it's really the machine learning algorithms on AppDynamics Cloud that look through the data and give you very specific um, actionable uh, insight saying, look, you don't have to call 10 people. We know exactly what the offending line of code or, or the database call or the network delay is. And, and this is it. This is, you know, we can, we can pinpoint that uh, with such precision that you can go action. Uh, you can do something on it, and then you're back to your your coffee, and you can you can f- you can focus on more productive things, which is what you know human evolution is about, right? So you want to f- spend on things that you want to spend on, rather than you know working on you know, very mundane things. I was going to ask a cheeky question: Is it making us smarter or dumber? <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's actually a really good question. I think about it all the time. Uh, it's making us smarter uh, by all means because it's, it's giving you very relevant data. It's, it's taking the clutter away. Uh, what machine learning and AI does today is really, uh, that's what the machines are so good at and humans you know, are, are uh, you know, matchless in terms of the speed of computing. But our, our ability is really the contextual uh, information and then how quickly humans are good. So a, you know, AI and ML are really tools that improve our, our, our life. Um, I think we've always imagined this to be a, a robotic form uh, in our sci-fi movies, but you know, quickly what we realize is it's really data that's getting churned uh, up in the cloud or, 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 or massive data centers so that you can have a much better conversation uh, with someone like me or, or, or go grab a nice uh, cup of coffee. So that's really where it is, it's quality of life. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for spending time with us on the African Tech Roundup, man. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers.